0: Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into it right from the
1: start of the game. Got to get them, come on. They gotta feel them, They gotta feel us. they gotta get into them. Let's go. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Because you know why? Because when, when we play good, they send this send those guys to this table and talk to them like heroes. See the the get your mouth shot. You jerk! See that? That's your IQ, buddy, zero. Defensive, defensive. Just by taking the ball away, we didn't take the ball away enough tonight. If we make a couple more shots, mm. Mm. Our, our, our record's different. We get a couple. Welcome more shots. to the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A dub. I'm Prez. Prez, what's good? Man, I can't call it DC,
0: man. Uh, had a really good holiday weekend, man. How was the holidays for you, bro?
1: Oh man, it was it was great. I couldn't ask for more. Definitely thankful, just appreciative of time with the family. And you know, just another day above ground.
0: That's exactly it. I love that energy, man. It's We have so much to be thankful for, and it don't even have to be the holidays. I just think any day we're above ground, man, and any day we wake up, I think we should be very fortunate for that, man. Uh, good food, good family, good conversation. It was, just, it was great, man, so I, I'm with you there. Audience, as you guys can tell, we're uh, running without A-Dub today. A-Dub is recovering. He should be back on the show with us next week. We wish him well. A-Dub's a big part of what we do here on the network. So wishing him a speedy recovery. So audience, you know, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. But uh, he's doing well, recovering now, and should be home from the hospital any day now. Definitely.
1: Speedy recovery,
0: A-Dub. All good there, uh, D.C. So you you had some good food going on over there, man. Now I'm going to ask you, how much did you get into them leftovers, or did you get tired of leftovers? And then you say, you know what, I'm going to get some food outside of this house because I'm sick and tired of these leftovers.
1: Well, see, it was a little different for me this year because there were not that many leftovers. So apparently, I must have did my thing. <laughs> <And> the kids, <laughs> big, yeah. the kids I, I mean, it could be because the kids are getting bigger, the appetites are getting bigger. I don't know, man, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't too much left over. So uh, you know, it was it was gone in sixty seconds, uh, <laughs> to quote an old Nicolas Cage movie. But yeah, yeah it was it, it didn't last too long. What about you? Oh, dude,
0: leftovers for a couple days. But the <laughs> reason why I asked you that is because you remember on the last episode, Adel was talking about how he normally doesn't like leftovers. And I told you, shit, I'll eat leftovers as long as they last because I love macaroni and cheese. And like you had said, that cheese settles really good there after a couple of days. So oh, I yeah. was feasting on mac and cheese for about three days after the holiday, man. Nice. And uh, I did order some food out, though, at on Sunday because I was like, okay, at this point, I'm tired of eating these leftovers. So I, I cheated and had me some fast food. But I don't really eat a lot of fast food, audience, but I was craving some Burger King.
1: So I had to give me a little walk. You know what? Every now and then, that's that's okay. You know, I'm uh, I'm right there with you on uh, Monday. You know, I had a, a taste for, uh, for, you know, for some, some fried chicken wings. And, you know, I'm not doing the 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 commercialized Popeyes and the Chick Fil A's, you know I'm going to you know the local spot, you know I'm from Chicago, crazy from Chicago, A Dub from Chicago, we we know, you know our our spots, yes. especially yeah. the ones with the mild sauce, you know if you're oh, from oh, Chicago, you oh. come through Chicago, you know about mild sauce. So Monday I had a taste for let's uh, say like six wings. Okay but let me just say this if you like i said from chicago if you've been through chicago for any amount of time and you've eaten these particular type of cuisines local hood spots as we like to call them i'm just going to say not every hood spot is a good spot <laughs> because it depends on who's making the food sometimes you have novices in the in the kitchen. Shout out to everybody who, who works in the service industry. You guys are dedicated, committed. You go through way too much and not enough pay. I get it. But you gotta know how to make some chicken, man. I I'm just saying you gotta know how to fry it up right. You know, get the lemon pepper on it. Have, have you have oof, oof? I don't, I don't know what the the training manual is for, for this, but certain hood spots, they got the right ingredient. They got the right, the, the, they make miracles in that kitchen and it keeps the hood coming back. So that's all I'm saying is that, you know, you know, support your local restaurant, support small businesses, but at the same time make the food right. Now,
0: I mean, that's a good point because DC, listen, we all South side bread over here on this show and you're right. There are certain places like, I mean, I'm not going to call them out by name, but there are certain places in that hood I will go to religiously. I don't care if I got to wait a half hour to get the food. I don't care if they're going right. to charge me a $5 fee to use a credit card. I don't care if they tell me I got to bring cash only. Certain places is worth it, right? Then you get some other places and you like, the food here used to be good. <laughs> what happened? Right. So it's just... There's a lot of inconsistency sometimes with these places in the hood. So that's a
1: good point, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, you know, there's this, these whole, you know, hoagie establishments that, that we all know and love, you know, there's, there's, you know, our local uh, Italian beef spots, you know, there's, mm. there's so much good food in Chicago as it is. All we ask is that you keep us coming back. Yeah. Just keep us coming back and customer service. That's I right. talked about
0: this recently with somebody. I said, damn, why do some of the places that got the best food got the nastiest people behind the counter? I'm like, you make me don't even want to come in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Customer service is huge, especially, you know, you know me. I'm out there giving rides, you know, from time to time on Lyft. And I didn't get the nickname five star for nothing. I mean, I've earned that, you know, and, and I'm telling you, I, you go above and beyond for someone else and they will show their appreciation for you. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it should be second nature. It should be just a thing we do is to look out for others more than ourselves. But you know, anytime you're in a service industry or in a, in a position within the service industry, you've got to look out for your customers. You definitely got to. Definitely got to. Well, audience, we're
0: going to jump right into it. As always, this show is brought to you by Craven. You can connect with us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. You can find that app on Apple or Android applications. So, D.C., I got to talk to you real quick. Baseball hot stove has been kicking up a little bit, but in town here, things have been a little quiet with our Cubs and our White Sox. But right before we jumped on this podcast, some news came out that the Cubs signed Marcus Stroman. And that was a move that kind of surprised me because Marcus Stroman was one of the top pitchers that was on the market and the Cubs went in and got him. I bet A dub is somewhere resting right now, probably with a big ass smile on his face right now.
1: <laughs> Yelling out Chicago. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like this, this is a this is a big move. We we didn't know if the front office would take a uh, aggressive approach in free agency. And we see so far, yeah. They're they're going for it. So that's this is, a, this is a step
0: in the right direction. Yeah, because as A-Dub mentioned last week, and I gave him a little bit of a hard time when they claimed Wade uh, Miley off from the, the Reds, and he was like, oh, we got Miley, and I was giving him shit about it. But yeah, he was right. They, they did make some pretty good moves. This is the second good move that they made. Now, when it comes to Strowman, uh, DC, I got to tell you, as a Sox fan, I'm kind of jealous. Because... He's, like, one of my favorite guys in the league, and he's got some really nasty stuff. And he made it known that he was not going to come play for the White Sox because he doesn't like Tony Russo. So we never had a chance at, at getting him at all. You got to respect
1: that, man. You know, but, hey, I don't know what happened between the two. You know, that's neither here nor there. But Chicago is the place he wanted to be. So, obviously, this man is in a Chicago state of mind. <laughs> uh, pun all the pun intended, yes, sir. um so, so, hey, I can't knock him for going to uh the the other organization in town, you know, as a sox fan, <laughs> I'm just gonna you know keep my bias known, but you know no uh good, good job for the cubs great actually- that's great pickup, excellent pickup.
0: it is a great pickup now, a dub, when you listen to this one now, you always got some shit to say now, I love Stroman, but remember, he doesn't strike a lot of people out. So just remember that that's one of his criticisms about his game, and that's something that kind of when I think about him, that's something that's very true. But he's a hell of a pitcher, though uh, DC. So great pickup for them on the White Sox side, though. We re-signed Laurie uh, Garcia, and I really like this move because Laurie Garcia is going to be he's going to remain our longest tenured member of the White Sox, and he's such a valuable utility guy on this team. Plays multiple positions, durable always available.
1: So that to me was a key uh, re-signing. You need guys that are going to be a steady presence. And that's what this signing uh, indicates to me is that you want to keep that locker room camaraderie, that chemistry. He seemed like one of those, those glue guys, you know, older player. He's got a lot left in him. So you definitely want to retain Lori Garcia here, man, but Hey, it's it's just now getting underway. So we got to see what else our teams have up their sleeve, man. But uh, White Sox, they got a good one here. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. They call him Legend, so L-
0: Laurie Legend on, on, on the squad. So I-, I love him. He brings a lot to the table. There was a lot of White Sox fans, however, D.C., they were complaining. They were like, well, is this the only move that we're going to make sign signing him? But I said, listen, this is a start. We don't know what else Rick Hahn's got up his sleeves because this is only December. You don't put your full lineup out there until the spring. So give the man a chance here. He's probably got some other things he's thinking about. So let let it percolate. But Luis Garcia, love him. I know a lot of fans are like, we need to upgrade his second base. I'm actually okay if he's our starter second baseman next year. But that's just me.
1: Yeah, I would agree. You know, I would. I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't find any
0: fault with that. Mm-mm. Then listen, the Cubs though on the day. They made the splash move here in the city. The Lurie Garcia was not going to, that's not going to set off any fireworks, but I still think it's a solid move. But speaking of fireworks, though, D.C., I want to get into Illini basketball. Audience, as you guys know, we're going to be covering the team all season. Kofi Coburn is leading the NCAA in scoring, and you guys know he had a three-game suspension earlier in the season, but he has come out and he has been gangbusters, uh, D.C., to start this early
1: part of the season. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Shout out to, to Kofi Kingston. So since we're talking about Kofi, <laughs> man, this, this 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 young man has taken full advantage, much like a new day, you know, it's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm here after the suspension. If I'm Kofi, I'm like, you know what, I'm going into this season at a disadvantage because I've already played less than everybody else, but I'm going to let my play in the time that I have be dominant and, and, and make up for lost time. And he's doing that with these stats, man, because he is padding <laughs> the stat sheet, playing unbelievably. Yeah, I mean, dude, through the roof right now, like this guy right
0: now, national player of the year has to be on the table for Kofi. I mean, now we know he's not the perfect player because he stu- he struggles defensively. But on the offensive side of the table, these teams have to double team him. They have to try to get physical with him but he still scores at will. He scores whenever the fuck he wants to. That's the thing. When you dump the ball to him in the paint, that's a
1: bucket. That's something that teams envy. They desire to be able to play through a guy like that. When you've got a great post player, man, you're going to suck the defense in Mm -hmm. and it's just going to open it up for everybody else. And that's what you're starting to see. Because I know last week, We talked about, you know, just who else was going to step up. Mm -hmm. But now that he's taking more of an assertive role and more of an aggressive uh, attitude towards things, it's really allowing everybody else to flourish. Yeah. One of the guys that we talked about him last week, Plummer.
0: Plummer has been very, very solid since Kofi has returned to the lineup. That's somebody that when he transferred here from Utah, as I mentioned on last week's show, he's a scorer. He's not coming here to play any defense. He didn't come here to play defense, but the guy can knock down shots. And that is all he's consistently done since Kofi's been back. So to your point, DC, you're right. When you got a guy like that, that you could dump the ball down to in the post, it's either going to be a bucket for him or he's going to kick that thing out to somebody else. And the underrated part of Kofi's game is he's now starting to step out and he's starting to hit that mid-range jumper. He didn't have that in his game last year.
1: Yeah, you got to take your hat off for just knowing your weaknesses, and committing to working on them. That is what we would want out of anybody. And to see this young man just be like, you know what? I'm going to add this. I'm going to reach into my bag. Oh, look what I got here. I got this new mid-range jumper right here for you. Take mm-hmm. that, with you? So, man, it's impressive. It is very impressive. And another thing, too, that's been impressive for me, DC,
0: was that game that they had the other night against Notre Dame. Now, we won that ball game. But the team was short-handed. The flu bug wrecked through this entire team. And it was amazing to see not only how Kofi played in this matchup, he had 28 in the game. But you guys know we don't rely on stats heavy in this on this podcast. Beyond the numbers, why this was an impressive game for Kofi is because he was playing against a team in Notre Dame that's got NCAA tournament hopes. And he was going up against very top level defense there, and he still did his thing. As I mentioned earlier. Alfonso Plumber continues to shoot the ball well. Trip Frazier, DC, has battling through all these injuries. He's got a when he was in the press conference, he had a, a contraction on his shoulder, his knee was wrapped, but he played. And that's the thing when you look at this Illinois team right now. They're banged up. They had the flu bug, as I mentioned, ripping through that team, but they still compete. They still play hard. And you gotta love that, man. You gotta love
1: that. Definitely. Definitely. And what that tells me, too, is. We haven't seen the best of them yet, you know. Mm-hmm. We're already having to, you know, much like much like the the Lakers right now. We see that in the NBA where guys just, you know, are out of the rotation. LeBron sitting one night, and next night he's playing. You know, it's just, you know, all this uh, this air of um, just just this un- unsure nature about the team right now because of injuries. And you're seeing these guys say, you know what? That's okay, next man up. Next man up, let's go, let's get it. So now what you're starting to see is, despite the fact the guys are out, they're still over there, they're still watching, they're still a part of that atmosphere. And if they're seeing their teammates step up when they're out, what do you think's gonna happen when they get back? That energy is just gonna be infectious and then they're gonna go into that extra gear. So I feel like long-term is going to make for much better chemistry to make a deeper run in the NCAA tournament. That's a great point, DC, because I think that they're only going to get
0: better because of this experience that they're going through right now, as they get healthier. I think that they're going to remind people that top 15 team that everybody thought they were going to be, because they've actually fallen out of the AP poll right now. But however, audience they'll be back because of the way that they're playing, they're doing all this without Andre Cabello right now. And that guy right there is the engine for that offense, so they're doing it without him. As I mentioned, that flu game, there were so many people were out. Demonte Williams, who was one of our glue guys, his father, Frank Williams, ILL legend here, he comes from that type of lineage, Peoria Emanuel type of lineage. This kid wasn't even available to come out of the locker room because he was sick in the locker room with the flu, finished the game. He played with the damn flu, bug. That just goes to show you the type of guys that they have on this team. These guys are for the team. They're willing to sacrifice, scrape, and claw for the team. And D.C., it was interesting. I was in the presser with Underwood, and he talked about how he challenged his team and he called them soft. And when the players came out, they interviewed Kofi and they interviewed Trent. And they both spoke about those words that he used when he called them soft. And they said, yeah, Coach was using that as motivation. We knew what he was trying to do. But Trent Frazier had the best quote when I was in the presser. He said, I don't see how you can be soft when you got the best big in the country. And that mm-hmm. was him making a nod to Kofi. But I also looked at it like, you also can't call a guy soft when I'm looking at him. He's got this giant contraption on his shoulder and a big-ass wrap on his knee. That ain't that's soft. So no. the coach knows what he was doing, D.C.
1: This is chess. You know, you got to do things and say things in a way that's going to help you later on in the game. And there's always that game within the game. So everybody knows, to your point, Prez, you know, that that Illinois had expectations. And they're going to live up to those expectations when you've got the number one player on your team right now in Kofi. So if you don't dig down deep and find that, that motivation, not only for yourself, but for your teammates as well, and craft it and and, and carefully give it in a way that it's it's not going to hurt the team, but it's going to help the team. Like that's a fine line to walk. We see it all the time. Players try to toe that line and say things we saw it with Marcus smart earlier this year. uh, You know, when he tried calling out Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, but when you see it at the college level, that's, that's even more like, man, you know, those are real leadership qualities that are being cultivated right there. So, man, keep doing that. Because uh, the college level, NCAA is, is very competitive. And it's not like years past, I don't think, with with guys that just want to be one and done. You see guys coming back now. And yeah. I feel like it's it's changing. I mean, look
0: at that the NIL. that That did it, man. Because when Kofi came back, that to me, not only just because he came back and we love Illinois here on this show, but I thought that was great for college basketball. Because now you get to see a player that's dominant plan his ass off. You get to see Illinois, which a team, before he decided to come back, they didn't have deep thoughts here when it came to the Big Ten Conference. Now, I think Illinois is a front runner to win the conference this year because of the return of Kofi.
1: Yeah. And I've seen comparisons to to Patrick Ewing. And I can't tell you when the last time that Hmm. I have seen a player with close comparison to Patrick Ewing. His game was unique, remarkable for a guy his size, very skilled. And Kofi, if he's in that shadow, in that neighborhood, if he's around the corner of Patrick Ewing's game, he's in the right area. And that <laughs> says a lot. So, you know. And DC, man. That's, that's a
0: great player comp, man. If he could be anything close to that boy, that's going to say a lot about his pro career, but shit also us here down the stretch here. And Ayo tried to tell y'all, he said, put some respect on this man's name. He said, he's the best player in the country.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely sure that Io is going to be very present as many as many Illini games as he can, because players like that don't come around too often. And, you know, what if he stays another year? You know, it's just what if he what if, man, you got to really look at it on a wider scale, just how great that would be for the NBA. You know, you just got Zion come in. What if Zion was still in college? Right. Well, you know, this is the and then, thing.
0: With the NIL, you'll have a guy like Zion, maybe instead of only playing one year, he may play two years. You never know. The the thing about it is, these players are in a unique spot because they don't just have to just go to the pros. They can go to the, the G League Select. They can, I, I, as you mentioned, go back to school. The going overseas thing may not even be an option as much as it was back in the day because now guys have other avenues to get the bag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we were just talking about it before, uh, before we started recording the amount of opportunities that are available now, just everywhere. So when guys see that, and especially some of these younger guys, I know we're a little bit older, but I I give all the credit in the world to a lot of these younger guys, man, late teens, early twenties that are just coming out and seeing those opportunities and recognizing them and going for it. So they, they know that there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, as my grandmother used to say. So, um, yeah, by by all means, you got to do what you got to do to get uh, get to where you need to be.
0: Oh, she was definitely right with that that type of mindset because there definitely is more to way to skin the cat, and this is the opportunity that a lot of these kids are going to have. And I'm very very happy that a lot of kids are going to have these type of opportunities because for me, when I saw a guy like Brandon Jennings, and and I don't want to get off track too much here, but Brandon Jennings was a player that was one of the top players in the country at the time and he went over to play overseas. And I can only imagine what a guy like Brandon Jennings would have done if he played a year in college if he had the NIL, because now these players now have the opportunity to not only cash in on their name, image, and likeness, but they get to enjoy being in college, whether it's for one or two years. So there's just a lot more opportunities out here for guys right now. And it's really cool to see guys like that taking advantage, Kofi, Curbelo, uh, even Trent Frazier. I was looking on his Twitter account, and he's over here, you know, doing some sponsored posts on his Twitter page. This is what it's all about. These guys deserve to be able to be able to profit off of their own name, image, and likeness. And that's really cool to see these guys being able to cash in on their
1: brand. It's really cool. You can't say that enough, especially with all the avenues socially now and digitally. It's, it's about time. It's about time these guys are recognized and going. It, it's in the country. Well, uh, the support that everyone is 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 showing the love the, the endorsements like all of that like that's going directly to the player and their family like that's what we should have had decades ago can you imagine if the uh fab 5 had an opportunity to offer their name image and likeness get paid please <laughs> Well, I mean,
0: that's a, that's a major point of contention. You talk about the Fab Five. You talk about those UNLV teams back in the day. There's so many players. Desmond Howard, when he was in college. Rocket Ishmael, when he was in college at Notre Dame. Damn, just think about all the great players that came through college and they didn't get a dollar. And those universities right. was making millions of dollars off of them. Like you said, the Fab Five. When the Fab Five was wearing them Charles Barkley's, they made them Charles Barkley's shoes popular. They sold more of them shoes for Charles than he did for himself. Those right. Barclays went
1: hard when they used to wear those with the black socks. Yeah, see, the, the thing people got to realize is the more things change, the more they stay the same. History tends to repeat itself. So this is much like what you see with Instagram, and social media. The same things are still happening. You know, people are still influencing for other people. It's just we see it on a phone or on a tablet now when in the real world, in real life, this has been happening. So these guys are just now able to financially be rewarded for it. Like I said, it's, it's long overdue. No, it really is, DC. It really is. So, audience,
0: definitely very excited for the prospects for this Illinois team here as the season progresses. The next team up on the schedule for Illinois is Rutgers. We'll be there live covering that matchup, and we'll definitely be sure to get that footage out to you guys on Twitter and also our TikTok accounts. Going forward, I think that this Illinois team is gonna heat up at the right time. is gonna get back. The thing that a lot of people don't talk about, DC, is the fact that Curbelo and Kofi have only played two games together this season. So once these two get to clicking together, the sky's the limit for them. So I want to talk to you real quick, DC, about the Windy City Bulls. So in the last episode, I talked about the fact that Marco Samanovich, I said, I think he's gonna be best served getting a lot of time in the G League. Not because I think that his game isn't NBA ready. The minutes aren't going to be available for him on the big league club. And I think that he's going to develop way more down in that G League. And so right now we saw that he was reassigned to the G League. And I'll tell you one thing, man. Marco continues to impress me with his play. He's been very productive down there with the Windy City team.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing right now he's averaging... About 17 and a half points per game, uh, averaging about eight rebounds, even a couple of assists. Man. You know, that's that's only going to grow. That's only going to get better. And he's around the right guys. You know, we we saw Devon Dotson get some more exposure to the big, uh, big team. And even he was with the team for a stretch there. It's good to have those back and forth here with the big team for a little bit. Now I can get to go apply what I learned down in the G League. Just make those stints back and forth. And before it's all said and done, this man is going to be unquestioned an NBA player. Like you said, Perez, it's, it's definitely good to get the seasoning. It's no different than cooking. You know, you take it out of the oven for a little bit, check on it. You know, sometimes you add a little bit more seasoning to it. Boom, put it right back in. So he, right now he's getting seasoned down there in the G League. But it's uh it's for good reason because he's... He's going to have a spot on the big team. We, we need bigs up there. So, yeah, his, his spot is going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, the one thing that when he was brought up with Vooch was out because of COVID, they had Samanovic up as kind of like a use only in a case of emergency type of prospect. So when they brought him back down to the G League, I said that makes sense because the G League season is in full swing right now. So he's going to get a lot of playing time and it's going to allow him the best ability to get adjusted to the NBA style of play. I mean, you talked about it over the summer. Hey, coming over here from Europe, the type of competition that he was playing against over there is way different than the competition that he's played with over here so far. He even told me that when I sat down with him at media day, the speed of the game, the physicality. Those are things that he's still getting used to. Those are things that he's going to be able to really
1: hone in on um, with his time in uh, with the Windy City team. Yeah. And if you've played basketball at any level, you know that the speed of the game takes some adjusting to not every game is played at the same speed. So, you know, he gets in there. Just 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 say hypothetically, Billy Donovan says, all right, nope, tonight we're starting Marco. You know, well, you know, the start of the game is played differently than, you know, the middle of the second quarter. They're definitely different than the uh, you know, final few minutes of the fourth quarter, depending on how close the game is. So Marco has to get used to those different gear shifts, if you will, like because sometimes the intensity kicks up. You know, playing over there in Europe, the speed of the game is not as physical and intense as it is in the NBA. It's just not. He's going to have to learn, but the G League is the place to get familiar with it's only going to bode well for his development, but also
0: for his prospects for the big league team when he comes back up there. Cause I look at this, this is going to be a developmental year for him, but next season, he's going to be better for it because then you'll see him. He'll earn some minutes there with the big league club and we'll be all good. All good. That's right. Now, when I'm looking at the, the Windy city team, I talked about their record last time. I mentioned their record last time. And the fact that, They're 1-6. Well, they lost again the other night. So now this is a 1-7 ball club. They lost to the Wisconsin Herd. Now, in that matchup, D.C., we saw Tyler Cook. He's another guy that's on a two-way contract. So Tyler Cook is somebody that has played in the NBA before. He's got a lot of talent. And he went for 30 in the game the other night. However, when I looked at this, the Windy City Bulls were up in this matchup but they allowed the Wisconsin herd to go on runs. And that's what this season has been for the Windy City Bulls. It's been a series of runs from their opponents. They get hit in the mouth and just sometimes they just don't
1: respond to these these runs that these teams make. Yeah, you know, and I, I am encouraged to see different guys contributing, right? But when you do get punched in the mouth, you have to contribute the intangible factor, the, you know, what's being said in that huddle you know how everybody's going to commit to stopping the run. You know, it it's one thing to get cut. You don't want to bleed out. So you got to find little band-aids here and there, all right. All right well, I'm going to set my screens differently this this time down, you know, like little things like that to 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 get the momentum back. And I'm encouraged to see that there is game by game improvement. So I feel like it's only a matter of time before they, they solved that, that, that issue that they have, Well, I would just say this. I know this is the showcase part of the season
0: here in the G League. And so hopefully they're, they're still figuring things out. There has been a lot of transition on the roster, as is with other teams, because there's a lot of guys that are shuffling in and out of the lineup, going up and down from the big team back down to the G League. So a lot of times it's probably hard to get rhythm and, and, and chemistry with your teammates. However, to DC's point, I have been encouraged by what I've seen. I just wish that this team played a little bit more resilient ball. That's the thing that I'm looking at. I just don't like the fact when these, these runs happen for these opposing teams, I just kind of feel like we never respond. And I think that's something that they'll be able to work through. But right now that's one of the biggest things that I see with the city bulls right now.
1: Yeah. I see uh individual talented guys that are playing professional basketball, but I don't quite see a team just yet. So they're, Two different things, but the exact same thing at the same time. And once they flip that switch and say, "No, we're going to be a team," and much like the bigger team, the the Chicago Bulls, we're going to have each other's back so that the adversity doesn't continue to keep kicking us in the ass. <laughs> so, therefore, yeah, no, that's 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 gonna that, it's coming, it's coming. I got I got faith in these guys. Well, I mean, I think that's fair.
0: I mean, you we, we talk about so many times Devon Dotson. We'll talk about Marco. We, we talked about Tyler Cook here a little while ago. Daniel Oturu. We, we got so many pieces. We have good pieces here on this roster. However, it's just a matter of all those pieces coming together. Ethan Thompson's another guy. I sat down with him post-game. But the thing about it is, is that those guys have to come together. They have to play team ball. Right now I just see a lot of guys that, like with Dotson, for instance, we know he could go off and get his shot anytime he wants to. But him being able to feed off of Marco, right? Or Dotson being able to feed off of Cook, like those are the things that I want to see happening a little bit more fluidly in these ball games.
1: Yeah, there's gotta be a willingness to um to fully understand your teammates' game. You know, um, with anything, you can scratch the surface. That's cool. But in order to really Really, we just talked about Thanksgiving. When I was a kid, <laughs> this may be a little, a little weird, but I just wanted the skin off the turkey. I didn't really care for the meat that much. I was just like, that's where all the seasoning is. That's where the- <laughs> I was just like, let me just take that. And then over time, I was like, hey, well, this turkey ain't that bad. I mean, sometimes it was dry, but you know, if it was cooked the right way, you know, it was nice and juicy. It was pretty good. Right. So that you too have to learn your 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 teammates' game to be like, all right. You got some tricks in your bag that we could probably probably utilize differently, um, you know, and play off of X teammate or Y teammate. Like these type of conversations help the team get better. And when you just scratch the surface, um, you end up with surface level losses like this, you know, just like, dang another one, you know, like, you know. Gave this one away again. Like damn, you know. Like come on, like you got to get a little bit deeper. And that's partially, partially on the coaching staff, but primarily on the players.
0: Yeah, I think there's definitely enough for that focus to go around. So, audience, we're gonna keep this content coming to you guys when it comes to the Windy City team. They got a lot of promise, but we just got to work on them putting it all together. But DC, I think what a lot of our listeners want to hear us give our thoughts on is finally. The NBA announced the tampering penalty to the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls in regards to the NBA free agency. So, D.C., what would you think about that second round pick penalty that was levied against us today?
1: Ah, uh, Well, first I fell to my knees and said, thank you. No shit, right? <laughs> I'm like, man, oh, man, oh, man. That was a miracle that I was not expecting. I was fully expecting fines levied first round picks Mm -hmm. when they just said second round pick (sighs) collective sigh of relief all across Chicagoland for any Bulls fan out there real or casual that's you never want to see your team get you know raped across the coals for lack of better words Mm -hmm. for tampering of all things when we know it's the NBA. Come on now. These guys everybody are going to other. They, everybody other.
0: Everybody See, There's tampering <laughs> going on the Olympic team this summer. Come
1: on. What are we talking about? <laughs> and you know what? To that point, maybe the league just realized, you know what? We are getting a little too out of control with this. You know, we can't. We can't really come at these teams like that when it was pretty much a given. Now, if this was 1995 and, you know, most of the world doesn't really know about how the inner workings of basketball and major sports go. It took 30 years for us to really see Michael Jordan's true personality on things. So, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot easier to tamper if you will, or to have information shared that the league may not want to happen, but they really can't. It's like when you're trying to police your kids, man, like you, I was in a house with 10 kids at one one time in my life. And sometimes you just gotta realize you, you know, you're outnumbered. It's just yep. <laughs> no
0: take matter what you do
1: or say. Take the right, L. Take the take the L. <laughs> yep. Love them kids. But you know. <laughs> but you know, it's it's still one of those things where, you know, you just have to be fair. And I feel like the NBA did a fair assessment of what went on. And I understand that it wasn't, wasn't entirely up to the NBA. It was, you know, there was, you know, other factors here at play. So I feel like there it was really it was a fair judgment. Yeah. I mean, DC, I was with you,
0: man. I, I looked up to the sky. And I said, man, we, we, ooh, we, we caught a break with that one. So I was good with it, you know, because at the end of the day, we got Lonzo. Well, you know, we got our great player in the transaction. There were a lot of fans that was like, who cares about a second-round pick? Now, I want to push back on people to have that type of viewpoint. I was okay with the fact that we didn't have to let go of a first-round pick, that they didn't have that huge monetary fine or suspensions or anything like that. However, you guys got to remember that the Joker was a former second-round draft pick. So you can't write off second-round draft picks. Not all second-round draft picks are created equal. I.O. is a second-round draft pick. So I want you to just put some respect on the second round draft picks now. We, we caught a bullet, but don't just sit here and just think that, oh man, a second round draft pick ain't nothing. No, because there's been some really good players in this league that came out of the second round, DC. That's
1: an uh, excellent point, Prez. And what Arturis has done with second round picks, specifically that part. Um, that's where, that's where he makes his magic. You know, some people work first shift, some people work second shift. But Arturis is that third shifter. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna get it late, you know? <laughs> like I'm gonna find something really, really good <laughs> later than everybody expected. And uh man, does he do wonders with second round picks? So hopefully we're not taking away uh the best tool in his arsenal. Um I'm confident that he can uh find gems in first round too. But uh, you know, we've seen that with Patrick Williams. So man, a second rounders. I mean, this was Gar Foreman. We all know what would happen with that pick. Oh, but God. <laughs> the NBA, you know, that's why I say it was fair because they know what our tourists could do with second rounders. Yeah, I thought it was fair as well. I think we we lucked out.
0: And anybody that doesn't, that doesn't think that tampering happens in this league, it happens everywhere. It just happened in these situations. The league got their feelings about the fact that the Heat and the Bulls pulled off these sign-and-trade deals. But, D.C. brought up a point a couple episodes ago that I thought was fair. The Bulls and the Pelicans had talks before the trade deadline. So they probably had a framework of a deal maybe already in place. So we don't know all the ins and outs of those conversations. But obviously someone leaked something, and that's how things got to this point where the league had to get an investigation done. But no one talks about the fact that the league didn't investigate the Lakers for the Russell Westbrook acquisition. Nobody talks about that one.
1: Again, you know, you, you, you're you uh, launching shots at the moon, sir, because that, <laughs> like, like I can't, oh. <laughs> I'm telling you what that needs to be said, that needs to be said because LeBron James, you know, how dare you, how dare you even enter his aura with any type of suspicion of tampering or any type of violations, you know. Because no, it's the king. It's King James, you know. Um, of course, I'm just just you know poking fun a little bit, but <laughs> it's, it's it's not something you see around LeBron, you know. I don't, you know, I don't know if we should be taking our hat off to, to Rich Paul and Clutch Sports for keeping that type of smoke away, <laughs> you know. But Lonzo is a Clutch signee, so he's represented by them. It could be that Rich Paul kept the smoke away as best as he could. On the bulls in this case. But I think that it was probably to your point, Perez, about the talks earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. They just kept talking after uh, you know, after the buzzer there. Just you know, the extension of those running. talks, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were probably talking for like five minutes. So like, hey, hey, you know, hang up the phone. <laughs> like back in the day, you try to talk to your girl, and it's time to go. you like, and then they come back and check on you again. You still on the phone? Hang up the phone. Get a phone. Right? <laughs> they pick up the phone, and then you start. <laughs> you gotta start. Uh, you be a quiet way. I think Somebody picked up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> And you know when somebody picked up the phone because you can hear that shit. Right, right. You can hear the other background noise. Yep. (laughs) Like, all right, all right, I really gotta go this time. Yeah, I gotta go (laughs) my bad. That's all that was. That's how that (laughs) played out. Yep.
0: But I gotta say this, man, because I know I talked about the Lakers a second ago. And this is the thing that pisses me off with Adam Silver and the NBA. They are so selective because this is the thing. No conversation about that at all. LeBron's kind of broken some of the protocols when it comes to COVID. They don't really say much about that. Now other players do it. It's just an immediate, this is what it is. I'm not going to get into that The sucker punch that he threw against Isaiah Stewart because <laughs> you guys don't come here for that type of content. But, however, I just feel like it's selective enforcement, but I'm glad that the situation's over. Kobe White, though, he was just starting to get on a nice little roll for us. Now he's out with COVID. And I was talking about LeBron with COVID because I'm sitting over here like this man, he don't even fucking listen to what the league restrictions on shit is half the time. Now he got it. And I'm looking at with the situation with Kobe. Now Kobe White got COVID. And so it comes at a bad time because he was starting to round into shape because we talked about it on the last episode. Some of those early
1: games of his, he didn't look too good out there. He looked like Bambi trying to figure out his legs, right? That's right. That's right. Kobe has, uh, he started to walk, but I don't think he's running yet. He is uh, definitely going to be missed for now having COVID and have, having to sit out. But really, it's, it's a mental thing for Kobe. And you can see it. You can see it in his body language. There was one play where Billy Donovan's yelling down like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. You know, like, don't mm-hmm. don't put your head down. Don't get down on yourself. Um, I believe he had like a turnover or something like that. Right. And then he comes back down. But the point is with Kobe is now that he has an opportunity to be away from the team, what is his mental going to be like? That's a fair point. We don't we don't know, because he's been around the team this entire time. Even when he couldn't play, he was over there with them. But now he has to be isolated. Same thing with Vooch. Vooch just went through it. And I feel like Vooch needed that time to get out of his head. And you just saw him bounce back with the best effort that he's had all year. So hopefully Kobe goes through that same type of like, all right, I'm isolated now. This is what got me to this level. Let me do more of that. This is what the team needs. You know, maybe he's seen things differently now that he has to watch it at home. You know, that's a fair point, uh, DC, because I was thinking about that.
0: Two of the names you brought up, the first one I wanted to, to kind of piggyback off of is when you talked about Kobe White and how Billy Donovan was kind of coaching him in that matchup. It was true. In the past with Kobe White, when he would have made a play like that, he would have had to deal with the prior coach. I'm not bringing his name up on this show, but he would have had to deal with that clamp it's a difference in having a, an adult on that sideline as opposed to what we had last season on that sideline or two seasons ago, rather. Now, Kobe had 20 points in that game against Orlando, the one that you were talking about. We won that game. We blew them out. But to yep. the bigger point that you made was Vooch. I think you were 100% correct in the fact that he needed that time away to get his mind right because he's come back and he's the player that we all visioned he was going to be when he came here from Orlando.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you saw, you know, his first uh, first couple games back, he was still kind of showing signs of I'm just going to say he was an alternate version of Vucevic from a different universe. Like, no, no, no. We need the we need this version that we traded for. We need that version of Vucevic. So once he, you know, took a couple of games, to kind of shake that off, that bad play, that missing those uh, easy shots. So, like, and, the, and you'll see the team is looking for Vucevic. To, to get his offense going early in games. And he was just missing them, you know, a little two-footer, three-footer, like just mm-hmm. missing them right at the front of the rim. And that was frustrating. So, yeah, when he took that time away, I feel like, and, and just having him play in Orlando too was had to be like a spiritual awakening of sorts for him, you know, because it's like the very next game, he comes back, you know, he, he, he played solid. And he's always been a solid rebounder, but, man, he exploded against Charlotte. And that's that was long overdue. Well, I wanted
0: to just say when I think about that uh, that 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 Orlando experience, they did a a, a a video tribute for him. So he, you you could tell he was fighting back his emotions in that time, and that was something I think really kind of gave him a little bit of
1: that that lift. You know what? Too, and and I didn't think of this until now, is that. He's, for the first time in his career, if I could just empathize with him for a second, he's on a new team Mm
0: -hmm. with
1: other 1A's. He was the man in Orlando. DeMar was the man in Toronto and in San Antonio. And uh, and Zach was the man in Chicago. He's never really started a year like that, been in this position. And he saw Orlando, of course, what are you as a player, just getting traded, going to do? I'm going to circle on my calendar when I go back to the place that I spent the most of my career, like all pretty much all of it, except for one year with Philly. He circled that date. Maybe there is a direct correlation with those nerves that, you know, and the emotions that he wanted to fight back. Maybe he didn't know, you know, if this was right. You know, maybe, you know, he, he had questions, doubts like, man, it's Chicago. Gonna is, is this a good situation for me, or you know, it's those grass is greener moments that you that we all have with ourselves. Like, is this right? Is the am I on the right path here? And then he goes back to Orlando, and then he sees he looks around in that locker room, and he sees DeRozan, he sees LeBeau, he sees Caruso. Like, yeah, he's in a good situation, and I feel like he needed to go back to Orlando to realize that. That, but also too, I mean, because I think that's a
0: very uh, good point, but I also think too. The bigger point that you made during that is the fact that he's on this team with Levine and DeRozan. It's kind of hard for him, probably, to figure out too where he should be getting his opportunities. When are he going? When is he going to get his looks? And I think that all comes with the territory of him figuring out his role here on this ball club. Because in that Orlando game, you start to see a little bit of that vintage Vooch coming back. But in that Heat game, which we lost, DC, you saw a little bit of the fact of Wasbolstra is such a good coach, because I thought that he out coached Billy Donovan in that matchup, and I thought that, obviously, audience, this, to me, when I watched that Heat Bulls game, that's a preview for playoff basketball right there. If you haven't seen it, that is what that game was to me, and it was really exciting to see that type of
1: basketball this early on in the season, man. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Eric Spostra deserves a ton of credit. I personally had my reservations when he took over for Pat Riley way back in the day, but he's proven it LeBron or no LeBron, Dwayne Wade, no, Le no Dwayne Wade. Um, he's, he's been solid. And I agree. He uh, outcoached Billy Donovan that game. And, and I know we're talking about Vucevic here. Yeah, that's why I say, you know, he's, he's always been a solid rebounder. So even though he didn't have his offense going that game, Mm-mm. who did really, who did in that game? <laughs> I mean, Javante Green, does Javante Green things, but Zach Levine was held to uh, 16 points. You know, DeRozan, DeRozan is just uh, playing. I still think he's in MVP caliber right it's now. Play. Nobody stops.
0: Tw- it's Charles play. He had 28. You know, so yeah. he was the only one that scored with any sort of uh, lift. But also Caruso. I mean, Caruso coming off the bench in that matchup, he oh, was dude. awesome. And then that and that fucking poster on fucking PJ Tucker, DC. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got some dogs over here, too, P.J. <laughs> That's right. That's dogs. right. That's right. Talk that talk. Ale- Alex Caruso, man, like he is. What can you say, man? This this guy is culture. He has changed the entire. I feel like every bald white guy in America watching a Caruso highlight <laughs> has gone out and bought a headband. Because I, <laughs> I found I found my spirit animal. <laughs> if I'm a bald white guy, I'm like Alex Caruso is 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 representing me right now for real. Because just just getting it done and not even like he lets his game speak. Lil Wayne had a line: "I don't even talk; I let the visa speak." That's right. Caruso, I don't even I don't even ball. I just let the 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 the, the W speak. <laughs> you know, like he's just it's getting winning done. Now, one thing that would we'll keep in mind with this matchup
0: is Tyler Hero, DC, was ruled out of the game moments before they even kicked off. So when I saw that happen, I said, Ooh, I like our chances in this game. So just think about any sort of potential rematch. I want to see how we match up when Hero is in that lineup because in the game, Jimmy did Jimmy. Bio, he did his thing. But Duncan Robinson, I mean, this guy right here, he's a shooter. And so he looked pretty good out there on our side. You're right. Uh, Zach was off. Lonzo only scored 11 points. But he had 11 boards, six assists. So the thing is, when you look at this team, when I look at a guy like Lonzo, I'm not always just concerned with what he's doing on offense. Because what Lonzo, he does, and he impacts the game in so many other different ways to the point you were making with Caruso. Caruso's been such a great fucking pickup. But there's times where if, if Caruso has three or four points, I'm like, it don't matter because on defense, he's shutting somebody down or he's getting the deflection or he's diving for the loose balls of you brought up in the past on the show. So it goes beyond the stats, which is why I don't always rely heavily on numbers because sometimes they don't tell the full story.
1: That's right. That's right. And you could tell even from that game that he missed that, like, man, there's a critical element to this this team, just the vibe. Mm-hmm. When we got the brakes beat off of us uh, by uh, Indiana, man. Like, It was it was noticeable when we you know, just to circle it back to Kobe here. When you lose a guy like that, Mm -hmm. I feel like Kobe's game is slight like you can make up for, you know, I don't want to say it's replaceable. You can find other guys to chip in and, you know, bring bring what Kobe has offensively. His defense has been a hell of a lot better this year. I will give Kobe a ton of credit because he has stepped it up um and again that that kind of plays into the game speed but with Caruso it's it's hard to fill in for that, that this guy is bringing you intangibles like you said that doesn't that, it doesn't show up on the on the box score or the stat sheet
0: yeah it doesn't and i think that's why also fans they have to just appreciate what he brings to the table because to your point when it wasn't there there was a noticeable void but dude this was such a cool game because It was a neck-and-neck game until the last two minutes of the game, but this is where it shows you why there's another level. So while we're all excited as Bulls fans about our team, just know that there's another level, and that Miami Heat team down the stretch showed you what that level was. They got a closer on that other side of Kyle Lowry. Now, we got our own closer in DeMar DeRozan, but the Heat, they just made
1: more plays than we did down the stretch. Yeah, that was just round one. I feel like it is destined these two teams to match up in the playoffs and it could even go seven games it's it's that close you saw the margin three points but look at them look at what we did to ourselves committed a season high in turnovers they they got us out of our game early I want to say it was like 10 or 11 turnovers in the first quarter from that you could tell like yep Miami's in our heads a little bit you know we're just something's just not right so if we would have converted on more possessions, given the fact that Tyler Hero was out, mm-hmm. I like our chances in that game. We gave them one. We spotted them one. But look on our side, too. You know, we also have Patrick Williams who will be in the lineup if they meet in the playoffs. Because he should be, he should be in four to six months from the start of the season. He should be back in time for the playoffs. But, you know, they they also let a guy come in and slaughter us, Mister Vincent. I'm talking to you, A. Oh, yeah, Gabe. <laughs> <Kate. laughs> to, to 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 quote my man Rick here, A. Uh, hey. First off, not <laughs> just gonna do my team like that, and B. <laughs> go back to the bench. <laughs> Shout out to you, Rick. Right. <laughs> Can't be doing that to us, man. He, we 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 completely let this man have every three-pointer and more. So, yeah, we'll we'll be ready for him next time. Nobody saw him coming. So shout out to him for having an uh, excellent game. Yep, fair point there. Hey, but somebody
0: that we not only saw coming, but this guy is a prophet, just a modern-day prophet, Mr. LeVar Ball and his boys, the ball control team. They reunited here the other night. When the Hornets came to town, we beat that ass. However, LeVar Ball, and we talked about him on this show many times, DC. We give him his flowers because he doesn't have not just one ball player in the league, not two ball players in the league, but three ball players in the NBA right now. He predicted that. He spoke it into existence. You got to give that man his respect. And everybody talked about this matchup, LaMelo versus Lonzo. But I'll tell you one thing, DC. Lonzo don't get wrapped up in all that. All Lonzo cares about is winning.
1: Yeah, you see what his father set out to accomplish. The fingerprints are, are there. The DNA is there, and Lavar had to be tough on those guys, you know. Um, and 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 now when you see the maturity of Lonzo Ball, and I think that's the one thing that people didn't take into account enough of was. When he came into the league, they were already talking about his level of maturity. Just just he sees the game differently, getting the Jason Kidd comparisons. And he's going head to head with his little brother, like it's like his backyard all over again. And he's still getting it done. He didn't lose sight of where he was at. Backyard, United Center, Moon, Mars. <laughs> it did not matter. <laughs> like he's I know one of the uh, reporters uh, asked him after the game, you're up 2-0 on LaMelo. And he said something to the effect of, yeah, I don't even, you know, uh, pay attention to that. I'm just, you know, here, committed to help the team win. I'm happy for him over there. But, you know, we got a job to do. And that's what you want out of your point guard. Mm -hmm. All business getting it done. I mean, and to the point that you made earlier when it
0: came to Vooch, this was the breakout game for him. Vooch had a great game out there in that game, and they asked Vooch the same question, like, oh, who do you think is better between the two, or who do you think played better? And he was like, it doesn't matter. He said, we got the W. He he said, isn't that what matters? And I think that that's what this team doesn't get caught up in. They're not going to get caught up in individual matchups or anything like that. This is a team. And I think that that's something that's very refreshing that we have that because you have a lot of talented ball players, but they don't seem to get caught up in their individual accolades.
1: It goes back to the culture. And I can't say this enough about the decision that the Reinsdorps made to clean house and get a new front office in there. They've come in and established a very serious culture about like serious about winning. Culture, I'll put it that way, because they know. The championship is still 90 miles north. They see Milwaukee coming. And if they ever aspire to get close to a trophy, they have to adapt to that winning mindset day in, day out. So, again, it doesn't matter about press clippings or, or, you know, tweets or, you know, this person said this, this person said that. Like, yeah, that's cool bulletin board material, but they're not going to get wrapped up in it. They're just going to go out, get the job done because at the end of the road, there's a trophy. And they, as a team, have to have that confidence that they deserve that trophy. Mm-hmm. And that culture has been established. So everybody's on the same page. And that's that's all you can really ask for. Now, there's other teams that are out there firing their head coaches like uh, Sacramento, you know, but that's evident that that culture's not there. They're, they're not they're, Sacramento is not out to win a championship this year. No. I'll I'll say that confidently. Like, no, there's there's it's not their goal. To make the playoffs great, that would be a great start. But this team has some expectations. This Bulls team has some expectations now. And they haven't even scratched the surface. So so once Vooch gets his, his legs up underneath him and he's playing a certain way, what if Billy Donovan goes back to the drawing board and say, all right, the league. Thinks they have us figured out, but they're not ready for us to play this way now or that way. Like he can still switch it up. This is a chess game, so I like our chances.
0: I really do too. And uh, DC, one of the things, and I got to go back to Levar for one quick second when they panned to him in the stands and he had that "I told you so, that I told you so" hat on. I just yes. laughed every time I saw that because, again. He spoke that thing into existence. Seeing Lonzo and Lamello out there on the court, that had to be amazing for him as a father, man. Like that <laughs> to see your boys out there competing at the highest of levels. And the UC crowd, uh, DC, they definitely enjoyed that matchup because every time they ended up matched up with each other, that crowd got really into it.
1: Oh, yeah, from the tip-off, you know, from, from the jump. They were they they were ready. And keep in mind, you know. Uh, Lavar, they had they had ball in the family. They had the show, so people are invested in these guys genuinely in their success and their careers because this thing has a long way to go. If we if we fast forward, you know, twenty years down, and and Lon- and Lonzo even mentioned this, like you know, all we really care about is you know one day looking back on it. You know, once we're done playing ball, we're gonna look back on it. And, and see all these matchups. We can go back and watch the tape right now. They're just playing. They're just hooping. They're just living in the moment. And that's what we love because LeVar put that in them. Just to be like, Hey, you know, don't get caught up in this. Don't mm-hmm. get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Play the game that you love and it will love you right back. Shit. That's fucking
0: facts there, man. And and this is what I would encourage any young hoopers that, that are listening to this show. Take that example. of What you saw from Alonzo and and LaMelo out there. Now, they're brothers. All love off the court. But when you saw them on the court, you couldn't tell that these guys were brothers or anything like that. They were playing physical with each other. They were going hard at each other. And that's what you want. And that's what I really hope that a lot of these kids in this AAU circuit start to do. I know you guys compete with each other. You guys come from the same neighborhoods. You're cool with these guys. But on the court, you should have that mentality like Kobe. You should want to tear your opponent apart. Afterwards, y'all could chop it up, but we need to get back to the fact of competing and it being about the Ws, not being about looking good on the court, not being about, oh, I put up 40, but your team lost by 20. No. Take heed of what you saw from those two brothers. Take heed of what you see seen from this Bulls team. They play together. They play like a team. On any given night, You don't know if it's going to be DeRozan or you don't know if it's going to be Vucci. You don't know if it's going to be Levine. You don't know. And that's the beautiful part about what Billy Donovan and that crew has put together
1: for us this season. Well said, Prince. The allure of being in the league and, you know, what all that means to, you know, uh, people who chase the, the fame, the fortune, the women, the cars, that Ric Flair styling and profiling type <laughs> lifestyle, you know, that's all well and good. But when when you are at the top of your game, that's when all that comes. It's a byproduct of being great. So don't get caught up in the, the, the rewards of it all. You know, some people don't even need all that. You know, it's just about it's about stepping on that court and being your very best. Every single time. Not giving up on yourself, not giving up on your team. Every single time. So yeah, Prez, I agree. These, these, these younger men, these kids, they've gotta see that this game is global and could take you places you never imagined. Don't get short-sighted. Don't get caught up in the wrong things stay committed, stay focused, stay hungry, better yourself every single day. Put up more shots. You see Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time, but that's because he puts in thousands of shots when nobody's looking.
0: When nobody's looking. And sometimes, too, those pregame workouts that he puts himself through. When you see that stuff, that's why he can make those shots in the games and everybody's like, how did he do that? That's because he had done that shit thousands of times. You just didn't see it. Yeah. You know,
1: if 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 people... Not just athletes took that same type of uh, focus and just put that on one thing, just say, hey, every day I'm just going to get better at this until I'm the best that I could possibly be. We'd be walking around in the Marvel Universe, right? (laughs) Because we'd all have superpowers in some kind of way, shape or form. We just get amazed by the Steph Curry's of the world because he actually did it and is continuing to do it. Yeah. And he's paid very, very well. He's the highest paid player in NBA history. Is well-deserved, is well-earned. Now, well-earned.
0: I will say a team that doesn't necessarily deserve <laughs> for us to even to be talking about them on the show right now, but we're going to talk about them because we had a lot of Bears fans to listen to the show. But, audience, <laughs> right, before DC and I get out of here, we want to give you guys our prediction for the back half of the season here. So we're going to do a win-loss prediction for the Bears here on out. So, D.C., I'm going to start with you first. The Cardinals game on
1: Sunday. Are we winning or are we losing? The Cardinals on Sunday. I'm going to be real. I'm going to say that's a L. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one.
0: I I think the Cardinals, they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Whether Kyler Murray starts or not, I still think that the Cardinals are going to beat us because Kyler Murray was out. Colt McCoy was the backup quarterback. He still came in there and did work. This is a tough, tough defense that they have there, and I'm actually okay with Andy Dalton starting on Sunday because with Justin Fields having those cracked ribs, his long-term health is just as, is more important to me than the development that everybody talks about. We gotta we gotta think about his health more than we're worried about him not being able to play in a couple games down the stretch this season. So for me, this matchup here on Sunday, I think the
1: Bears lose. Yeah, I'm surprised Justin Fields only has cracked ribs the way he's been taking the beating this year. Oh my god! Uh, so I, I I wholeheartedly agree there. Um, yeah, yeah, protect them, set them out. Andy Dalton, he he's been steady. He's yeah. definitely been steady.
0: Yeah, he was steady against the Lions, and and honestly, I think we might get blown out of this game on Sunday. So just put Dalton out there. You know, just just let it be. Now. The Packers game. This one, I predict another loss, DC. But I hope that Justin Fields does come back for this game because I would love to see the Justin Fields Aaron Rodgers matchup in this one because it's going to be prime time game. I think it'll be really exciting.
1: Oh, exciting is definitely the word for it. Justin Fields has experience now playing the Packers, playing Aaron Rodgers. So that's the beautiful thing about. You know, these these primetime matchups is that all right, his first time out didn't look so good. But now he has an opportunity to uh rebuttal. He has an opportunity to say, okay, didn't like that. Well, let me show you this. So hopefully with some extra rest, you know, this can be the case. But uh realistically, again, I'm gonna say that's an L as well. Yeah, and I would say
0: too, in week six, I mean you you kind of talked about that previous matchup. We were in a position to beat them, but our offense, we couldn't execute. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers' thing. So, you know, he pulled it off. So, I I agree with you. That matchup next Sunday, I think the Bears will lose that one as well. Now, what about the Vikings game? So, we got the Vikings that are going to be coming in here in a couple weeks on Monday Night Football. On this one, I
1: think we're going to beat the Vikings. But what do you think? Um I have a strange suspicion that it'll be another one of these Matt Nagy classics where we lose by two or three competitive there at the end but uh, I hate to be so pessimistic keep it 100 because <laughs> at this point at this point you know uh, correct me if I'm wrong we've got a pick in the in the draft coming up not the first rounder. we traded but we moved up to get Justin Ah, yeah that's right that was this year's draft coming up yeah. I mean, really, in that case, you know what? You know what? Go for it. Throw a W on now. Coming off of two rough weeks, Cardinals Packers, I think, will be due for one. That's kind of what I was thinking,
0: too. Now, the, the Minnesota Vikings, they have a really good offense there. They got some weapons in Thielen and Jefferson. Dalvin Cook got injured in the last game, so not sure if he'll be back in time for that game. But however... I just think this might be a matchup where Justin Fields may start to kind of show us, well, not start. I think this may be the game where he actually arrives and he like shows everybody what time it is on a Monday night stage. So I think in this game, I'm seeing big things happening out there. At least I'm hoping so, because I'll be at that game. So make it happen, Justin. All right. Seahawks. I got us losing that game, but it's not because I think the Seahawks are all that great of a team because Russell Wilson has looked like fucking trash since he's come back from his finger surgery.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's not much optimism around that team right now. For that reason alone, though, I will say we'll we'll get a W there. I feel like uh, we should be able to take advantage of that matchup.
0: Yeah, I think offensively for Seattle, they've been struggling, but so have we. When I look at Russell, he just somehow finds a way to kind of pull things out, even like that game on Monday night. They had a chance to win there at the end. Russell drove them down. They were on the fucking three-yard line. He drove them down the field, 97 yards. They score, but they didn't convert that two-point conversion. So when I look at Russell Wilson, even though he's played like hot garbage, I still think that he's still got a little bit of magic in him left. And I think that in this matchup, even though it's going to be a hell of a matchup between Fields and Wilson, I just think that Wilson's going to pull it off at the end. So I got a loss on that one.
1: You know, I did see that they just signed Adrian Peter Peterson to their practice squad. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I don't know. It's just certain guys bring a different uh, energy around the team. So, you know, in a few weeks' time, even though he's on the practice squad, just having him around those guys, another bet, it might kick him out of their funk. It should be a competitive game, I, I, I do believe. We shall see. I feel like Adrian Peterson's cr- trying to play for every
0: team in the NFL. He haven't bounced around so much these last couple of years. It's crazy. <laughs> Hall of Fame guy. But, man, I'm telling you, he'll practice squad on this team. On this team for a week, they cut him. It's like, come on, man. Adrian, <laughs> hey, you're a Hall of Famer, man. Stop signing with all these teams. He's on a world tour, man. <laughs> the Jeez. NFL World Tour. Jeez. Knock it off. All right, so the next game is the Giants. I got us winning this game because the Giants are trash. Daniel Jones, trash. I mean, I don't really have too much more to say about that one, DC,
1: but what you got? Uh, yeah, waste management truck there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will, uh, and the W is for waste management. Uh, no, nah, it's WM. But no, nah, yeah, yeah, you could, you could pencil me in for another W there. This will be the last game that, that Soldier
0: Field fans will be able to see Justin Fields out there in 2021. So I think this is going to be a dub. Well, actually, that game will be after the New Year. But I think this is going to be the last chance that we see Justin Fields looking really good in that uniform and putting some points up on the board. So, me and D.C. both got dubs. Last game, the Vikings in Minnesota. D.C., I got us losing this one. What say you?
1: Yeah, it's going to be cold, man. <laughs> Minnesota, even though they, they uh, you know, switched it up, you know, with their – uh Stadium and whatnot out there is still just the elements getting to and from the game, man. They do have a pretty dope skyway though, a skywalk that connects the whole city out that way. If you've never been, but I feel like we're we're gonna just put this rough season to bed and just take the L and you know call it a night. Yeah, I I see
0: a loss as well. This is gonna be the end of the Matt Nagy era or lack thereof. Matthew, it's been real. But this is it. We lose this game. The Vikings are probably going to be playing for a playoff spot. They're going to do work. They're going to get us out of there. So, audience, those are our predictions here on the back end of the show. Final segment time. If this city could talk. And mine is short and to the point this week. Mine goes out to the Chicago White Sox. I want to give them a shout out because they honored Manny Minoso. He now has a memorial outside of the cell. And I thought that that was a really, really touching tribute that they gave to this man. So if this city could talk, it would say, great job, Chicago White Sox, for honoring and many. But now it's time to get him into the Hall of Fame. It's been
1: long overdue. Do the right thing, committee. Well said, Prez. Well said. My if this city could talk is a bit nostalgic. When I was growing up, especially around this time of year, uh, there were so many Great songs on the radio, great holiday songs, but also great holiday movies. And I felt like, you know, in the 80s and 90s, uh, you know, early 2000s too, you know, there were some great holiday movies. And one unforgettable movie is Home Alone. So big shout out to Airbnb out in Winnetka, the original house of the McAllisters there is going up for auction on December 12th. You can uh, you can start bidding on that pretty soon. So I felt like that was pretty cool. You know, you could stay in the home alone house and you know, hopefully you don't recreate some of those uh <laughs> those scenes because then you'll have a pretty bad uh uh bill to pay for damages and <laughs> But uh, take care of their property. Otherwise you'll end up in some trouble there with the <laughs> with that police. But Chicagoland is is uh the best land I've ever seen and I've ever known. So uh, take that with you and uh, be good to each other out there, you know, this holiday season.
0: That's right, D.C., Chicago versus everybody. As always, audience, we appreciate your continued support of the show. This podcast is brought to you by Crave It. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. You can find the Crave It app on Apple or Android applications. We appreciate the continued support of the
1: show, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time—the GOAT.
0: You asked all my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was. He never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played
1: the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.